turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Got an interesting show for you today. I'm Rob Black, talking about investing and more. Sitting with me, CFP Chad Burton. Remember that phrase, if I only knew now, if I only knew then what I know now, takes you back to your early 20s and early 30s. What a great investor you would have been knowing now, then, you could have like made tons of money. Yeah, it's, um, I think I was taught and learned well early on. But for most people, that's true. I think the difference is it's so much cheaper now to invest. It's so much easier for people to get started. Okay. Mutual funds, when I got in the business, there was, you know, there was Vanguard, but most of the funds that were out there were you know, charging more than 1% per year to essentially mirror an underperforming index. One five, one seven five. Yeah. On the, and most people would have to go to a, a commission-based person at a bank or a brokerage firm and Loaded. pay a load to get in or a B-share mutual fund, which had fees of around 2% a year for 10 years. Are they still used? Oh, yeah. Very okay. a, a lot less. I mean, the fastest growing financial product is ETFs, exchange traded funds, which are essentially index funds that trade like a stock. But now it's kind of going the opposite direction. There's all these managed ETFs that are coming out, and it's starting to get to be a bit confusing for people. What do you mean? It's just when when you're inundated with more and more product, people think, oh, it's new, it must be better. Okay. It's not. It's almost like mutual fund companies reinventing the wheel and just calling their fund an ETF and being able to charge more for it. I remember in my early 20s, I was fascinated by pro shares. Like, ooh, you can get three times the market rate of return. I'm like, that's awesome because I'll be in the market for 40 years and the market goes up seven out of 10 years. And then, like, you get into them and they're like, why am I losing money? Or why am I break even at yeah. best and I'm not up three times the market? Those are made for day traders. They're right. not a long term. I'm not even talking about a week long hold because if you have to get out during a market event and you're hedged the wrong way with an inverse or a double leveraged fund, the trading uh, moves between the Here's what I'm looking at on the screen. Right. And then once you finally sell it, the, the actual offer that you get is drastically different. So those things really can hurt people. I, I just tell people, steer away from those at all costs. So one of the things we're talking about here is knowing now, had we known now what we 
we're doing then. We, I mean, we become better investors with time. It just gets you a little bit more experience. You've been through a, a, a correction. You've been through a recession or two. I mean, recessions are normal and healthy events in my mm-hmm. mind. Yep. But a recession in media, in financial media, on television, you would almost say I'm, I'm saying like pulling a Kramer and saying the N-word. Like people don't want to hear the word recession. They, yep. There's bad associations with it. Well, especially if you're in retirement. But you and I, recessions, we know they, they come every three to five years. No, for the record, I, when I say Kramer, I'm not talking Jim Kramer. I'm talking Michael Richards, Kramer from Seinfeld. Yeah. Who got into all that trouble for freaking out. Yes, we have a financial show. We definitely have to be careful. <laughs> what we say there, for sure. Especially since we have people from the street.com on all the time. Oh, my um, headphones came off. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's something that that's a good time to go shopping during a recession. Yeah. That's when companies get lean and mean and can reinvent themselves. So knowledge is, is pretty important in your 30s. Like you've now got five, ten years experience of doing your 401k, which is how most people should start. Yeah. You know, I, I find that some of my listeners are like, what stock should I buy? I'm like, just max out your 401k. Yeah. Go home and make love to your wife and max out your 401k and shut up and stop there. Don't try to be Mr. Smarty Pants picking oh, a cybersecurity stock. Okay, the president's getting ready to give the State of the Union speech on cybersecurity or something like that, right? And I want to get in front of that. I want to own a cybersecurity stock. Sounds like a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. It doesn't play out that way. Even when it does, you're lucky, but it usually doesn't. Um, so in your 30s, also another adv- piece of advice I have. Okay, so max out your 401k. Don't buy individual stocks until you have at least $100,000 and then buy okay. one stock. Um, and then make that stock Nike or Disney or Apple or, or something you feel very, very comfortable that it will okay. be okay in five years. Make the trade and then make the call and make sure the dividends are being reinvested. I've made that mistake before mm-hmm. where I didn't hit Depends the on box what, that says reinvest the dividends. And, and some don't have the box. You actually have to call afterwards. Okay. So um, I think TD Ameritrade has fixed that on the retail side where you, there is a box now. But, um, you know, where I found that out because I use TD Ameritrade on the institutional side for accounts. for and, and as a firm, since we're constantly rebalancing and trading, we don't reinvest dividends. So right. we want the dividends that we get be able to add to the proper asset class or stock or ETF at the time of the rebalance. But younger people, it's key to have that free trade happening on your ETFs and your stocks. And so just make sure that if you're going in buying some of the the ETFs, there's so many free ETFs now. So in your 30s, I want to get back to some general good advice for 30-year-olds, maybe late 30s, Mm -hmm. maybe late 20s. But advance your career. I think that's the number one thing that I can tell people because you still have you know, you work from age 20 to 60, and if you're 31, 32, 33, you still have, like, a lot of career left. Right. Um, any thoughts on advancing your career, whether it's, you know, going back to school, whether it's, you know, identifying jobs that, you know, are higher paying? Um, it's part of my financial plan is to maximize your earnings. Well, yeah, I mean, I think if you take some steps and look at it, you, you go, no matter what situation you have, you want to do two things, and that's get enough you know, cash on the sidelines to get through a tough time, three to six months of cash. If you think you might spend it, if you see it, in other words, if you see it on your online bank and it's on your phone and you might spend it, stick it in cash in your freezer or under your mattress or something. It's your safety reserves that you do not touch unless it's an emergency, unless your, you know, refrigerator goes out and you need a new, you know, that that kind of an emergency situation. You're disabled for a short period of time because you broke your leg snowboarding, something like that. Um, then also make sure you're doing enough into the 401k to get the match. 
the next steps that you take are kind of a combination of pay off any non-mortgage debt. Get rid of it. So as long as you're maxing out the 401k, which is essentially doubling your money okay. on the match, I mean, sure. not maxing it out, but putting enough in to get the match. That's such a huge return on your money. That will add up so quickly. It will actually get you addicted to systematic savings and compound interest. Um, get rid of the debt and then start investing in yourself if you're not making as much money as you want. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a four or five year college, right? It has, it, there's so many online education options that to high tech companies are looking for now that they, they, um, put as much weight to as they do a college degree. So definitely invest in yourselves and say, okay, I'm not making enough to save more. So how do I invest in myself? Stop wasting your money on trading programs. Stop going to a seminar that, that you know, you're going to learn how to borrow other people's money and leverage out real estate and be rich that way. You know what I see a lot of the Bay Area? That. <laughs> no, I, I see the husband, and this is totally sexist of me, but I see it. The husband's the engineer at Google. The wife wants to contribute, so she starts doing kind of like Amway kind of stuff, selling makeup or selling some sort of product that you have to buy into, and mm. it's it never works. And they lose all their friends. <laughs> Pretty much so. Ugh, those people are yeah. so annoying. <laughs> so annoying. And sometimes they'll like get you into a meeting and you don't know that you just got roped into a coffee where you're going to get pitched something. Yeah. It happened to me like two years ago. You still friends with that person? Not really. Yeah. I mean, it was somebody that I actually, somebody that I was kind of a, a mentor in high school for wrestling. Okay. And they this got isn't like that Steve Carell movie, is it? No, I haven't even seen that yet. Box I really want to. I really want to. It's kind of creepy. You know, that's the, actually the mentor is kind of creepy. Oof, that's he is very creepy. But they they had there was that weird relationship that the movie portrayed that didn't happen in real life that the guy got really upset about. But I think it happened. See, that's the why people are so upset about it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you are defending people it. that knew that. You know, oh, yeah. Anyways, I do want to see it. Takes one to know one. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> wait, wait, what's that say about me? I. Just because I'm wearing my singlet right now, that's why you you're going to chat at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Having a casual conversation with CFP Chad Burton about being in your 30s and where you should be mentally. And he kind of gets ahead of me at times where I, I said, you know, advance your career. And then suddenly he's like, say, have two to six months of emergency money kind of thing. Um, I think in your 30s, you also like kind of want to start thinking about your budget and what it means. Um, I remember Mr. Burton, you know, not too long ago, I was dating someone who's 30 years old. And when we broke up, I saw on Facebook that her new boyfriend took her to Mexico. Her new boyfriend took her to New York. Her new boyfriend took her to Thailand. I'm like, she's really spending a lot of money. Like she wasn't doing that with me. Um, budgeting kind of, you mature with a budget, don't you? Or as you mature, your budget changes and you start saying like, oh boy, I should be saving money for a house. And oh, like some of the bigger issues kind of start coming in focus. 
Yeah, you know, there's so many things that you do on your own. I mean, if we look back to say when we got into this business 22 years ago for me, yeah, and people could only put like 2,000 into an IRA, yeah, it was maxed out on 401ks at 10% of income, okay, so people needed advisors a lot sooner. Now there's so many things that you can do on your own, and you should never have to go in and pay somebody to do a budget. Now there are companies out there like LearnVest, for example, yeah. That's kind of an online planning, budgeting help. Yeah. And it kind of blows me away that people can't look at their own budget and realize that they're spending too much money on going out to eat, on going to the bars or whatever. I don't think people can. I don't feel I was capable at age 24. If you don't have enough money left at the end of the month to pay your rent, and but you and you went out and you spent six bucks a drink on know, Saturday night, <laughs> there's an issue. Do you know how much great sex and love that I got because I flew a girl to Miami in my 20s. Like, I will honestly admit, and I'll raise my hand, if I could take back every dime I spent on a woman, I'd probably have two, two plus million dollars had I invested it versus hadn't blown it on, like, trying to woo a woman. Like, I think your That 20s, amount of money, who, what dating service were you using and was it legal? <laughs> no, like, I almost wish I was born today because Tinder, people, oh are, hooking up, people are hooking up for no cash. But back in the day, you had to woo the woman. You had to, like, fly her somewhere romantic. I've got to assume that because of Tinder, like, we're going to have this re-flourishing of, like, big AIDS epidemic outbreak and just... I kind of hope It so. is unreal how yeah. easy it would be if you're in your 20s and 30s. No comment. Oh, it's crazy. So, um, so rethinking your budget. Like, in your 20s, it, discretionary money. I mean, it's discretion. That's... That's one of the reasons advertisers focus on 8 to 25-year-olds, because they know they will fly off to Costa Rica for a vacation when they probably can't afford it. Yep. So rethink your budget. Just mature a little bit. Um, I was telling producer during the commercial break, you know, you were talking about friends who sell, like, Amway and kind of stuff like that. Right. Um, I had a Facebook friend who's gorgeous, on Jeanette, and you could clearly tell that she was going through a divorce. Single mom. Mm-hmm. And she instantly got into selling, like, nutritional drinks. Yep. And then the next set of Facebook updates that I got from her, and, like, she threw herself at me. And I was like, no, no one's kidding. No. Next set of updates I got, she's, like, going to Mexico with a new man. and like, it's, it's a story that you could tell over and over again. Yeah. So here, here's how it plays out, right? They start tell complaining me. about little stuff on Facebook. Right. As soon as I see that, I just kind of end up blocking that stuff out. Okay. Um, because the next step is going to be the 30-year-old, 35-year-old girl out at the bar constantly with her friends doing all the selfie stuff. And then it's some life-changing transition event. In that case, it was selling nutritional drinks and going to the gym and posting about what they're eating healthy sure. all the time. It is such this disgusting culture that that this whole social media has created that is in your face all the time. Another thing that I want to talk about and t staying on topic of you know money in your 30s and financials yeah. in your 30s is – Insurance. In my 20s, if I died, I didn't care. Like, my cat like is going to pay the mortgage kind of thing. Mm -hmm. No one needed me in my 20s. But as you get in your 30s and 40s, people start needing you. And as you get in your you know 20s and 30s, as you get older, you, you go from renter's insurance to homeowner's insurance. I'm petrified as a homeowner. Like, I don't like people coming to my home because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get sued for something a tree falls on them or if a dog bites them or that kind of thing. I, I changed the way I approached insurance as I got into my thirties. Yep. You need to call up your USAA and get more umbrella insurance. If you're worried about that. I know. Is that why you don't invite me over anymore? I don't invite oh, you. I tripped on Rob's stairs. You know, Oops. for the record, why I don't want to invite you over? Cause you never show up. 
you okay. are you are such a like hey kind of guy. <laughs> Fonzie, am I Fonzie? Hey, I'm gonna go hit a jukebox. I'm like, hey, do you want to come over? <laughs> go hit a hang jukebox. out and watch watch the football game. Hey, <laughs> and then I never hear from you again. And I do the double point at you, the, the, <laughs> the gun shooting. Hey, that's about right. Anyways, bringing it back to uh, 30s and 40s, it's so it's so easy to get started now. Um, but I mean, if you just take those basic steps of Always think about paying yourself first and stop accumulating depreciating assets. Okay, you're you're totally right. right. I'm on insurance. Okay. So So disability insurance then. Disability yeah. before life insurance. Everybody worries about Oh my gosh, it's so dramatic if somebody dies. You know what's even more dramatic is if the sole breadwinner winner in a household can't work and bring home a paycheck. That happens way more common than mom or dad dying in their thirties. Which is interesting to bring up because I have a friend whose sister, how do I say this without being totally rude and without her totally knowing that I'm talking about her, um, her sister's kind of obese and she got a work disability and she will never go to work again because the state of California will pay her disability. Um, So she'll take an odd job to pay in cash like dog sitting, but she refuses to ever go to work again because the state is giving her disability checks. And I'm like, that's not a lot of money. But she's kind of hooking up with her fat girlfriend and the two fat girlfriends like decide I'm not going to work. One of them has a great career and one of them doesn't. And and the only reason I bring up fat is because there's it, the laziness of not getting yourself in shape kind of plays into the laziness of not working. Yep. In in this example only, and again, it's a broad swath that I paint, but some people like disability, and you and I are like, that that, that freaks me out. Like, you have a disability insurance. I have disability insurance. It'll cover 60% of my income until I'm six years old. Right. Far greater chance that I get disabled than that, you know, um, I die. Especially me and the stuff that I like to do. Yeah. You do worry me. Yeah. So, you go up in helicopters a little too often for my pleasure. <laughs> so, over my comfort level. Just drop me off over there. See you in a few hours. That's, that's what how I like that, to do. How does that work when you go hella skiing? Oh, it's so much fun. It's fresh powder, of course. Yeah. And does that is that really that much of a difference? It is because you get to go on stuff that's fresh all day long rather than you you know you go to a normal mountain and anything in the in the Cascades is tracked out by noon. Yeah. And so Powderhound. It's great. I mean, you're sitting there, and the helicopter lands so literally on top of you, like that. You can reach out and touch the uh, um, what do you call the rails on them where they land. You can. You, that's how close it lands, right on top of you. Get in, you go up. They drop you off on a really little landing area. You strap in and head off. It's so is tracked out in skiing and snowboarding that bad of a thing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. There's so much difference between riding fresh powder and floating versus okay. tracked out cascade cement snow. Gotcha. It's CFP Chad Burton talking financial planning. We're kind of focusing in on your 30s. I don't know if it's making sense to you or not. You can drop me an email at rob at robblackshow.com. You can get downloadables, good, solid financial content at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com.
trying to reshape the eating habits of Americans. It's an investment theme. Tyson Foods, publicly traded, wants to make chicken a mainstream for breakfast, just like bacon. Tyson's the biggest chicken supplier out there, so it makes sense that they want to sell more chicken, right? Last year, they spent $8.4 billion to buy Hilsher Brands, which also owns the Jimmy Dean sausage brand. Tyson's trying to you know, push breakfast staples that include chicken sausage with bits of apple and maple-flavored chicken patties. Chicken's not... It's, it's clearly the most popular meat in the United States, but it's not tied towards breakfast. Over an average two-week period, only 4% of Americans had chicken for breakfast, compared with 82% who ate it for dinner. Pretty fascinating stuff, CFB, Chad Burton. Like, you and I both think Starbucks is a great, you know, investment concept, because Americans, you know, in the morning go get coffee. You know, I, I can't stand my day until I have my coffee. Um, and it's a big investment theme. Mm-hmm. I mean, w- w- it may sound ridiculous that I said it just the way I said it, but it's a big investment theme that people are, you know, they, it's ingrained in their head that they have to have coffee to start their day. Um, and now Starbucks, for what it's worth, they're like, we want to start selling alcohol at night and we want to start selling, you know, some drinks late afternoon to get people in because it's also ingrained. Like, you don't do lunch meetings anymore. You meet for coffee. Right. None of the martini, you yeah. know. Three martini lunches that maybe I mean, our fathers used to do. But I miss those days. <laughs> I mean, even in my industry, the, the whole golfing thing. Is I, that dying I, off? I don't even like golf, to tell you the truth. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy it when I play it, but it's 18 holes or nine holes. It's an all-day deal. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I think my clients expect me to be working for them and researching and working on their plans versus, hey, you want to go golfing? That's just kind of. With that said, you've done a ski trip or two. Publicly noted on your Facebook page. During a work day. Well, of course. I take vacations. During the work day. You're like, woohoo, it's 11 o'clock. I'm going skiing. It's a board meeting. It's called a board meeting. <laughs> I'm with you. Anyway, um, do you do chicken for breakfast or are you you're a bacon guy? I've done some, uh, Trader Joe's has some really good chicken sausage. Okay. That every once in a while I do, but a lot of egg whites. Yeah, you're an egg white about guy. a cup of egg whites at least a day. Now, why not the whole egg? Um, the, just, you don't get a lot out of the yolk, so I just want the protein. Okay. And, uh, yeah. I recently learned a new way to scramble eggs, and this is fascinating because I'm a 40-year-old-plus man, <laughs> and you think that scrambling eggs is just like put them, crack them, take a fork, and whip them. You're not supposed to whip them anymore. You're supposed to break the yolk so that it runs and then scramble them that way so that you kind of get some egg white and get some yolk so you get different flavors while you're eating just throwing that out there Good for you. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, we're kind of talking about investing in your 30s. Um, and some of the things, you know, advance your career. Network. Do everything you can to get as much money as you can as far as salary goes from age 20 to 60. That's not greed. That's telling you that, you know, if you make $100,000 a year for 40 years, that's $4 million. Well, that, I, that's a kind of – I'm not going to say an average or a norm, but $4 million isn't – a grotesque amount of money. It's a large sum of money, but you only work from age 20 to 60 once in your life, and maxing out, maximizing your income is really important. Changing your insurance, and Chad and I talked about disability insurance being critically important. I like going with the higher deductibles, and I don't like using my insurance. Um, 
I know it's goofy. And if you do, and that, that will save you a lot of money over time, but if you do go with the higher deductibles, it's really important, again, to have those emergency reserves in case you end up having to pay a higher deductible. Right. Right? Sorry. So that's kind of the foundation. That's that before anything else is a six months emergency reserves. And if if you're going to spend it when you see it, you don't want it in your normal bank account, go to bankrate.com and open up an online money market account. So it's not in your face all the time. So it's off in the distance. Don't even download the app. Just have the money there. And if you spend it because you see it, there's a problem. There is a problem. You're, I mean, and I think most do, unfortunately, Rob. I think very few households have an emergency reserve. That's crazy. So, like to me, I, I even if it's not a true emergency fund, like I like having my bank account at ten thousand dollars because then that's my emergency fund per se. Yeah. And when it's under ten thousand, like, ooh, I'm poor. Like, it, my psychology kicks in, like, get it back up, get it back up, get it back up, transfer money. And then the next thing, these people come in, you know, when we do these Investor 101 events where we try to give people the building blocks to do this stuff on their own, right? And they come in, and they're worried about which individual stock to buy or whether AMD is going to outperform Intel, and they haven't even put enough money in their 401k to get the match. Is AMD even still publicly traded? I don't know. It's uh, not one that I... Yeah. <laughs> that's a thing. You and I are starting to get old. That, that's... You, wow. The, so the, you don't even need to buy individual stocks until you've maxed... you got $18,000 that you can put into your 401k now, right? Yeah. AMD is still publicly traded. Yeah. Yeah. Have uh, a, I haven't looked at that stock in five years. And that chart right there that you're looking at will tell you why you haven't looked at it in five It's a five-year chart that's gone from $10 to 250 Right. Wow. Okay, back to you. So, you know, people are looking for the silver bullet stock to buy when if you if you put a dollar into your 401k, the entire dollar goes to work. If you take a dollar home to invest it in a individual stock, you only have 60 cents left over after you pay the taxes. How is that individual stock going to outperform? Are you going to be that smart? Really? Come on. Max out your 401k, max out your Roth IRA, pay off all your non-mortgage debt. You do and budget correctly. You do all those things before you need to hire a financial advisor. And if you start off buying just total stock market indexes for your first $100,000, you get that broad-based exposure. You build a base in your investment program. It's really that easy. I mean, you just have to have a little bit of discipline. One of the things I tell people in their 30s is now is the time to grow up and start saving 15% of your salary. Mm-hmm. In your 20s, you could save 5 10%. You're, 10. You're, I mean, you got to be at 10 or more if you want to retire at 65 Right, but in your twenties, it's you're kind of training wheels mm-hmm. on saving and investing, and people are freaked out by the whole concept. So I say, just start. Yeah, you know, five to ten. Ten is the right mathematical answer, but five is better than zero, and it gets you ready for that fifteen percent jump that you're going to have to make. Yeah. Um, and if you if, if you don't know what to invest into, let's say you get to the point where you're able to open up a Roth IRA and put in two hundred bucks a month. Okay. Three hundred bucks a month. You know. Um, something like that. You can go now. I mean, before I'd say go to a brokerage account, open up a, an account and buy total stock market ETFs. Mm-hmm. Now you have robo-advisor options. Robo-advisor. robo yep. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Yep. Domo. That's the one. And, and so you can actually open up for free. Uh, I so love that. We're not for free, but for extremely low costs, a very diversified. And we're even coming out with one at newfocusfinancial.com. You'll be able to see it there to get people started and going. It's it's so much cheaper even than diversified funds were when I got in the business to do it because of technology. Technology makes it cheaper. You will get to a point, though, where that's not enough. When you get to the point where you have ESVP, stock options, you have kids that you're trying to plan for college, you're trying to prioritize your goals between your retirement and college, when do you start 
exiting incentive stock options versus non-qual versus ESPPs, and you start building wealth in different areas and you have tax issues, that's when you need a certified financial planner. And you don't need the ones that sell insurance because they're going to sell you insurance and life insurance as investments before anything else because they need to get paid. Sure. Go to people. If you don't have enough assets to hire a wealth manager that will charge you based on the assets that they're managing, and for that you get the financial planning, so you get both, you need an hourly planner. Somebody that will, you can go in and say, okay, I need a five-year plan. Let's sit down for, you know, two or three hours, and you spend another five hours building me a plan, and There's I will follow it. two things I want to talk about that you just brought up. You talked about people in their 30s starting having kids and saving for their kids' college. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest mistakes I see are people who are 45 years old and they want to save their kid. I'm like, what about you? Like, I have a neighbor who's got a, a daughter that they adopted, and they're all focused on saving money for her. I'm like, what about you? And, like, she works for the state. I'm like, you should probably maximize that pension that the state's going to give you. Like, stay as long as you can to get as much as you can because she hasn't saved for her. She hasn't saved for her own retirement, so her whole retirement's gonna be that pension. Yeah, and but she's her focus is my kid, my kid, my kid, and, I'm, and I'm not you know s- what that is breeding is it's a generation of entitlement because the kid's gonna grow up and they see that oh I've been put before even my own parents' retirement, so I'm more important. I deserve this. Isn't like the whole Medea complex? Like shouldn't we just like throw our kids off the boat the moment we have give them birth to them and like you're on your own? Good luck. Yeah, I think. The best thing you can do is display a really hardcore work ethic to your kids and realize that you're going to have to pay for yourself because mm. I didn't have anybody that paid for my college. So you what can I, do it. What I want It's dis- more expensive now, but it's just inflation. What I want to display is like a smoking jacket, walking around with no pants on. <laughs> <laughs> you're that guy at the maybe, gym. Maybe a long... You're that guy at the gym <laughs> in the locker room that we keep talking about. Maybe a long, skinny cig- uh, cigarette. <laughs> no, in the holder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Get my 50s reference. Yeah, I like it. Um, Okay, another mistake, though. Okay, not only do people get too caught up in saving for their quote-unquote kid, but they put post way too many pictures of their kid on Facebook. That's Um, all that Facebook is for is for your kids. Pictures. If I don't put them there, I'm not going to have a record of what happened. But also something between (laughs) your 20s and 30s. (laughs) Between your 20s and your 30s. I know for me that I became, I was too tech-focused in my 20s. So I text doc, text doc, text doc. I'm like, screw you, Warren Buffett. Like, t- I'm going tech stocks. Yeah, and but it, you also saw when there was no revenues, and you said, tech is dead, tech is dead. Right. But the whole concept is, in your 30s, start to diversify. Because you're no longer going to always be right, and you're going to get humbled at some point in time. So do diversify. Total stock market indexes internationally and in the U.S. Okay, don't talk. I want to listen to some. <laughs> Shh. <laughs>
I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. I'm honored and pleased to be sitting with CFP Chad Burton. He brings a lot of intelligence to the show. Um, I think I bring a lot of street cred to the show because I'm kind of like a gang member of financial information. Kind of like a blood, kind of like a crip. I have a Cartman hat. Someone knitted me a Cartman hat. Yep. A beanie. To say, start up, cash in, bro down. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think so many great lessons, life lessons, have been taught on South Park. I, <laughs> you know what I feel bad about South Park? I kind Park? of agree with you. It's funny because they do throw some. I think it's the, one of the greatest cartoons of all time. I think it's one of the greatest TV shows of all time. And it doesn't get any respect because it's kind of got a little, you know, dirty mouth thing going. Right. And uh, Simpsons, I think, one of the most overrated cartoons of all time. Like, everyone's like, that's a genius show. Like, no, it's okay. But what South Park is able to do, like, one week after an event, they have a cartoon on, you know, mocking something that happened in the United States. And I think that's fantastic. Anyway, in your 30s, we're talking about in your 30s. Time to get your credit fixed. In your 20s, you're going to make a mistake. You're going to miss a credit payment, credit card payment. You're going to be like, Bill's Schmills. You're going to make a mistake. You've made a mistake with your credit in your 20s, didn't you? No, actually, I didn't. Oh, I did. I never had a credit card. I had uh, paid all my student loans. Okay. But, you know, I started working in this career when I was in college, so. Which, okay, I was a little bit different. Yeah. You know, I kind of went into the, the big career and then changed careers after that. And yeah. that transition left me a little cash flow negative because I thought, again, money led to love. Um, so I'd always been big on women in my life, like, hey, let's go to Miami. And then you get into a little credit card issue. And, like, I remember the credit card company calling me up and saying, you know, we need money. And I was like, he's dead. <laughs> I swear on everything that's important to me. I once told a credit card company that I died. Stop calling. He's dead. How did the other line sound? They didn't believe me. <laughs> of course. I'm sure they hear that all the time. You know, if you um, right now there was an article just recently in Forbes, which was, and now I've got a great credit rating. Just so you know, six twenty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guy just heard a rib. Oh, oh man. Okay, it's not even funny, but we laugh at it because we're in money. <laughs> right, yeah, ten financial commandments for your thirties. Number one, advance your career. We talked about that already, right? Number two, rethink your budget. We did that. You established I'm, your budget. I'm using your 20s. that. Yeah, that's my cheat oh, sheet okay. for this whole segment, go. this whole hour. Good article. Adjust your insurance coverage. We talked about that. Increase your deductibles, right? But if you do that, you have to have your... You kept talking about emergency fund, emergency fund. I'm yeah. Like, stick with a script. It's a foundation. We'll get there. Oh, yeah, because that's the number five on the list. So I'm yeah. jumping to number five. Right. To me, that's number one. You can't do this other stuff unless you have your emergency reserve set up. Really? You think that's not all that important? Because it's a financial house of cards. If you don't have that and you have something like a short-term... Unemployment situation, a short-term disability, none of this other stuff works, right? It, you have to have that backup. If you can't afford a full-on disability policy, there are some decent options through like an AFLAC. Um, so think about it. Look at that, dude. <laughs> Stop pointing at the exercise commercial. Infomercial. <laughs> I, can't, I can't focus. I, There's been an infomercial that's been running all hour. And I'm fascinated with it. It's a Zumba 1995 where they're selling a little round disc. It's like it's like they cut off the bottom of a bucket. And right. They just laid it on the ground. And you step on it every once in a while. 
and they're selling it for 19.95, and I'm fascinated by that. That's part of the mistakes that you make in your 20s and 30s. Gym memberships, and you get into them, and you never use them. Like, I shower at my gym every day to make sure. Like, I don't shower. i got to be careful what I say here. I shower at my gym every day to make sure that I use my gym membership. And the weird thing is that it's like five times a day. So you just show up five times a day and shower there. No, five times a week. You're that guy. Uh, (laughs) I will say this, that I'm now getting to become, I'm now becoming the old guy at the gym. Mm -hmm. I'm not right now, but in like 10, 15, 20 years, I could see myself being the old guy who just stands around with shaving cream on his face. (laughs) Naked, naked. (laughs) Walk around with shaving cream on my face. It's like. Dude, are you going to shave? <laughs> yeah, it's – okay, Jim thinks you should not do. Don't weigh yourself naked in front of everybody else. That's Why? weird. Why? It's weird. Are you, Why is it weird? Are you, are you going to be – Should you do it with fully clothed? You go to a wrestling tournament or a boxing event where you have to make a certain weight? Hmm. Weigh yourself naked at home. Shave naked at home. Don't shave naked at a public place. It's just odd. You're a creep if you're the guy doing that. Just – you know what I I've just learned? need this to be out of all gyms across America. Every 24-hour fitness I go to as I travel, it's, there's always that guy. The one that kills me is the guy who eats in the steam room. <laughs> I have not seen that one yet. <laughs> this guy, he was eating celery in the steam room. Oh, man. Like, I don't know. I got some, like, I got some creepy, like, I like keeping my eyes closed in the steam room. I'm going to bring some wings. <laughs> I'm going to have... Some buffalo wings and blue cheese, and I'm just going to take it to the steam room. Got to keep the food hot. <laughs> I, think, I think you knew Juliet. Did you know Juliet when I was dating her? No, no. That's when you lived in Virginia, right? Okay. So on our very first date, she would we got buffalo wings, and this girl would put a wing in her mouth, and nothing but bone would come out. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be a great- I will marry her. This is going to be a great relationship. <laughs> I'm like, how did she do that? I'm not one of those people who can clear a wing down to the bone. Like, I, there's meat morsels sticking to it when I'm finished. Yeah, there's some grisly stuff you don't necessarily want. She was able to suck it all off. Like, <laughs> you know, that's fine in your 20s, but she's probably huge now. Because <laughs> no. that'll eventually catch up with you. Do you know why we broke up? Because she ca- became a veg- No, because she became <laughs> a vegetarian. She gave up the, the chicken wings. It was tough. I'm, I, I I eat meat, and when you try to cook for a loved one, like you're making two separate meals, and like it just became a process. And like, I my wife was a vegetarian when I met her. She's not anymore. Does she eat chicken? I turned her. Uh, yes, Fire on the Mountain in the Northwest in, in Portland. They have three best wings ever. Find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.